Hi and welcome. Thank you for allowing me to come into your homes and to give you a word of encouragement and how much Jesus Christ loves you and all oh, what he wants to do in our lives. Because COVID has sort of shaken us. Uh, COVID has sort of felt and uh, had a way of challenging our foundation of what we stand on. You know, because we've lived in such a way in a routine and we love the routine and all of a sudden, COVID. Routine shaken, uh, anxiety, depression built up. Uh, and now I want to encourage you in what God wants to show us, what, in a good way, uh, in the sense of letting us know what the true foundation is. That if we sort of slipped off it, God wants to bring us back in and say, here's the foundation we need to live on. This is how we live out our, our life. And if you are new and you're just checking in to say what is this christian life about uh hopefully i can be able to answer what the christian life is all about and if you have more you can always text message uh get a hold of us and i'll gladly talk to you about what this life is found in jesus christ i ramble uh what i want us to do is to see and discover uh, how we are to reflect the love of Christ in our lives. And that's really what this passage is about. So Ephesians chapter 5 is what I want to look at. Uh, uh, some of them, people are familiar with this passage and they use it as an instructive tool. I want to give you a bigger picture. And so I'm going to give you the, the outside parameters of this passage. Uh, Chapter 5, and I'll look at verse 15, and we'll continue on. If you have uh, a Bible and you want to follow along, I am using the ESV, uh, you, whatever you want to use, but that's where I'm coming from. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through the Scripture, and then I, I, at the end I'll give you some handles if I've lost you, okay? Uh, but let's just take a moment and pray. Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit you would speak Lord, to speak through me uh, into the homes where people are listening. Lord, may your Holy Spirit help your word come alive and, and to speak into our own hearts right where we are in these days. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 5, 15. He says, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, look carefully then. He just told them uh, previously about the ways that it, it's pretty evil out there. We could be dragged away and enticed by evil desires. He says, look carefully then on how you walk. Actually calculate. Don't just be flippant. But actually think through how you live your life. How you walk. Not as unwise, but actually as a wise person, you need to think. Not just jump off onto things. Some of you, the, the spur of the moment, woohoo, we could follow paths that are not always good. And he's saying, no, I want you to be wise. Make the best of your time. We all have the same amount of time. And he's actually asking us to redeem the time would be a, a, another way of describing it. We all have the same time, but can you redeem your time? I know you could go do this or go do that and you're free to do that, but redeem the time. Look at how you can redeem it and live a life that is wise. 
doesn't he's not robbing us of joy okay he wants to have joy but how we live he wants true joy for you to experience so he says be wise in how you live and then he goes on and says because the days are evil and days are evil you say whoa some of us get caught up and say oh this world is sitting so bad it is so wicked it's just going to hell in a handbasket and we give up paul is talking 80 60 ish okay he's saying the days are evil we're not living in utopia these are challenging days so redeem the time live wise so don't be foolish it says and then he says this, but understand what the will of the Lord is. People always want to know, well, what's God's will for my life? If you want to know what God's will is for your life, understand God's will for you and the world. Oh, now we found the foundation. Now we find where we can plant our feet on and say, this is why I exist. That's where we're coming to. Okay, understand the will of God. And then he says, don't get drunk with wine. Don't get drunk with wine. It only leads to debauchery. And we could add every substance that alters us. When we say, oh, I've had a rough week. It's been stressful. And we go to the substance. And out of that substance, we think we're free. No, he, he's basically saying a reckless pursuit of excitement at any cost is going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. We need to, to be wise, to redeem the time. We need to, as he says here, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'll say this, in John chapter uh, 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You need to be attached in order to experience joy, fulfillment, life. You need to be attached to the vine. Otherwise, you are dying. And so he says, every time you step out and say, hey, I'm going to go and just find some excitement. Be drunk with wine, substances. You're actually killing yourself. You're dying. Life is found, he says, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he has already told the church in Ephesus uh, that you've already received, I think it's chapter 1, the Holy Spirit when you gave your life to him. Now he's saying, be filled. And basically the non-theological way of saying it is we leak. And we need to continue filling of his spirit. Uh, and I'll expand on that. But we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing praise to Jesus. But the most important part is making a melody to the Lord with your heart. It's not lip service. It's giving praise to Jesus. When you know, when you are filled with the Spirit of God and you are so aware of all the blessings that God has lavished on us, which Paul wrote about earlier, oh, it leads to praise. And then he adds in verse 20, giving thanks always. Oh, we love to give thanks to Jesus when things are good. Oh, man, when you reach that top, you know, things are going well at work. Things are, you're blessed in marriage or in a relationship or, you know, 
Things are good. Oh, we love to give thanks to Jesus. And sometimes we even forget. But he says, giving thanks always for everything. For everything. Even in the hardships. Even in COVID. Give thanks in everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we, when you're doing that, you're again acknowledging God's in control. God, you've got this. What you want to teach me in this moment, I need to be teachable. Fill me with your spirit. God, would you do a work in me? So we are to give praise, addressing one another in praise, giving thanks to the Father in Christ now. Take note of verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What is that saying? Is I'm coming underneath someone. I'm actually giving praise. I'm lifting them up. It's not about, hey, look at me. It's about giving praise to Jesus that he loves you. And this is, I'll talk more about that later on. But we submit to one another only because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are giving praise to one another because of what Christ has done in us that we can submit to one another. It's not about me. It's about lifting others up. I may decrease. He may increase. Now, we're going to put that into specific areas of life. Okay? We are to submit to one another. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And you're going to see that. Everything is about Christ. Submit to the, your husbands as to the Lord. Now, husbands, you are not allowed to tell your wife you must submit. Because you've blown it right there. Okay? This is to the wives. And this is to reflect the love of Christ that is in us that we would actually be able to submit to our husband and we are going to reflect Christ and his church. It's, it'll flip back and forth in this passage. So I want you to see the big picture in this passage. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body as himself, its savior. Again, this whole picture of wives coming under the husband is for one reason, to reflect Christ and his church. We are equal. We are the same before Christ. Wife, husband, this is not a tear. This is a representation of the love of Christ. And I'm going to get even bigger than that. It's going to expand even more than this. We are reflecting the love of Christ. And we look at it this passage just as that, his body himself reflecting the love of Christ. Now as the church submits to Christ, that's us, and we come under and we worship Christ, right? So also wives should submit to everything to their husbands. Now this picture of the husband loving their wife as Christ loved the church. So we got this picture that we can show to the world of how Christ loved the church, and the church loves Christ, right? 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He's totally talking about Christ and the church. Christ and you. You are the church. That he might sanctify her. I can't sanctify my wife. But Christ sanctified me. He cleansed me. He cleansed the church by the washing of water and the word. That is describing what Christ did. Verse 27, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That again is the church, what Christ has done for us, that we submit to one another. Christ is at work in us. He's the one transforming our lives. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Again, the picture, this whole picture of husband and wife is reflecting what Christ did in loving the church. We're actually showing the world uh, a shadow uh, of what it is, how much Christ loved the church. That's the picture. Therefore, a man shall... This blows my mind here. Paul is quoting Genesis chapter 1. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one. So he's giving this picture of husband and wife become one, but really he's talking about Christ and the church. What a profound mystery in verse 32. I am saying this, that it refers to Christ and the church. So he constantly brings husband and wife and Christ and the church together. This profound mystery that they become one. This is God's design. And we reflect the love of Christ when we come under by the power of His Holy Spirit and we submit to one another. It's not about who is greater here in this picture. We are reflecting Christ. The mystery is that we become one. That's what it's about. It's not about, hey, you must submit. Well, you must give your life. Oh, guys, we got it all wrong when we read this text in that way. We are reflecting the love of Christ because of the supernatural work in us. This mystery is profound. Adam and Eve didn't even have a mother and father. He, this passage in Genesis chapter 1 is actually referring to the church. What a profound mystery. And John 17, I'll talk more about that later on. The whole point then it, and for us to come to Christ, we need to become one. I need to be dead to self. In the same way, when we die to ourselves, we're able to love our spouse. Supernatural. What a power. And then he goes on and tells us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Everything is about Christ. For it is right, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Everything's about Christ. We come under because of what Christ has done. Then says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction 
of the Lord. How we, Christ loved us, we are to love our kids. How Christ walks with us, we are to walk with our children. And then he talks about employers and employees. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart. Why? Just as you would the Lord, so do to your boss. Not just to be pleasing, right? Not by way of eye service or people pleasing. He doesn't want that. But as a bond servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. I am going to do this because I want to give glory and honor to Christ. We are reflecting Christ even in our workplace. Okay? Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Wow. Whether it's a bond servant or free. Masters, same thing. Masters, same thing. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both your, their master and yours in heaven, that there's no partiality with him. We're all the same. Husband, wife, boss, you know, worker. We're equal in Christ's eyes. Okay? But what we do, we want to reflect the love of Christ to our world because of all that he's done in those previous letters now he's saying this is how we live because of the love of Christ I wrote it this way God has lavished on us and loved us giving us a foundation of being secure in Christ so again talking about our security is I know I am loved therefore I am secure to come under and lift others up it's not about me it's not about justice it's about the love of Christ. It's out of the confidence, the foundation of that love that I can love other people. When we are looking for love and we try to do things out of fear and struggle, that's a different story. It's truly out of the love of Christ that we do these things. Someone once said to me, and it sort of stuck, that we are not able to love other people if you're not secure in your own love, that you are loved. If I don't know I am loved, I am in an insecure place, and then I can't love others. But if you know you're loved, when you have that foundation that I am loved, I am cared for by Jesus Christ, I am able to be, I love others. I am able to submit to others because I am secure in Christ. Nowhere in the Bible that I can see where God says, force people to love you. Did Jesus force you to love him? No, he poured, he loved us first. People, stop forcing people to love you. God calls us to love others, to come under others. It is humility that we come to this when we surrender to Christ. Acts 1.8 says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be my witnesses. You are going to be able to love one another and to build into others because of what Christ has done in you. We're able to love. Let me read Isaiah 61. As I'm going to give you a couple of handles and we'll wrap this up. He gave us beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise from the spirit of heaviness. 
that we would be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord that we would display his splendor. Everything we do is to reflect the love of Christ and what he's done in our hearts. So three handles that we'll wrap up on. Uh, number one, we need to submit to the Holy Spirit. We need to live our lives under the Spirit's leading. Ephesians 1.13 says, You have received Christ, you've received the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, I think it was A.W. Tozer that described the Holy Spirit working in our life like a house. When you repent and you ask Jesus to come in, the Holy Spirit comes in. He's in your house. He's in you. All of him is in you. And you've let him into the lobby area. And you, maybe you've dined with him and he's in the kitchen and you, in the living room. The Holy Spirit is in you. And then the Holy Spirit says, Ken, I come into your bedroom. You say, well, it's pretty messy. My thought life there is not good. And he invites us to come in. Maybe you have a crawl space where it's, it's pretty dirty life. There's some secrets. And Jesus is saying, can I come in? And you say no. And you live your life saying, I'm a lover of Jesus. I, I go to church. I, I, you know, I tithe. I do all those good things. But you're holding off some of these rooms. In Ephesians 4.30, I think it is, 4.13, uh, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, if you're grieving the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's a person. He can grieve. And you're not experiencing the fullness. And when that love is shattered, oh, I got to do something to gain love for, from Jesus. You're in a place where the Holy Spirit wants you to release you. It's not out of duty that you're going to gain love. Jesus loves you. And he's asking, you want to experience the fullness. You need to allow me into that room to cleanse that room. And he will come in and then say, Jesus, will you just fill me in this area? And there's that outpouring of his spirit once again in a greater way as you experience more and more of Christ in every area of your life. So we need to submit to the Holy Spirit's leading. Stop running our own lives. Stop trying to be in control. Allow Christ to fill us. And you experience the fullness of Christ every day to say, Lord Jesus, fill me and use me. If there is any area in my life that is hindering, that needs to be clean, let him come in and clean it. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. That, that out of that, we can reflect the love to others. And so, second handle, we, we need to submit to the working of the Holy Spirit. Second handle is we need to submit our praise to Jesus that out of a heart of praise because of what Christ has done, we are praising him and worshiping him. And we are, we're, we're, the words just come out of our lips of praise in everything. When COVID has shaken us, the foundation of who I am, maybe it's time to remember, man, I've been living, this was my security. Jesus needs to be my security, my foundation. I have an Amazon Alexa, and it runs a lot of things in my house. And I had some provider problems, and my internet went down, and uh, they had to come and fix it. And I had to reconnect all my Alexa devices. 
And there was one instruction. It says here, number one, do this. And number two, do this. And if you can't do number two, go back and redo number one. And I think that's so true in a lot of our lives. If you're a follower of Christ, and the praise and worship is not coming out of your heart as it used to. Maybe we need to go back to number one and say, Lord, is there an area in my life where I am grieving you? That I am, I'm not letting you in. And as the Holy Spirit reveals that, confess that, repent of it, and allow him to come into that room and clean it up. And say, Jesus, fill me, that I may give you praise and worship for all that you've done. That I, there's a song in my heart because of your love for me, that foundation. And then the third one that we are able to submit to others. And we can only do that out of one and two. That I live my life out in love towards others. That I want to build them up. I want to lift them up. Because I am secure in who I am in Christ. John 17, 21. I'm going to wrap it up here shortly. Uh, That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. You get that picture? Oh, that they may all be one. This is Jesus' prayer. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also would be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. It's that same picture as Isaiah 61, that we would reflect his splendor because we are to be one in Christ. And the only way we can do that is to deny self, that he raised us up and put us in the heavenlies. That's the picture he tells us in this letter in Ephesus. Oh, to experience that fullness. That we would be one with our wife. That we would be able to submit to one another and come under and lift others up to reflect the glory and the splendor of our risen Lord. This is the difference between the non-religious and the follower of Christ. This is the difference between the religious and a follower of Christ. This is a relationship that is transforming our lives by the, as we surrender to Christ, as we come under his authority, his kingdom, and we realize how much he loves us, that he redeemed me, that he, he, he paid for every one of my sins that I've committed, past, present, and future. And out of that love, I live and surrender my life to him and submit to one another. It is supernatural. If you've experienced this love, it is amazing. Give praise to him. May the new foundation always be today found in Jesus, that he loves you, that the hope that we have in Christ comes from him, that I would submit to him my life and ask him to fill me and take control that i would submit my praise to him every day every moment of the day and that i would submit myself to others to come under them and to build them up all because of the one true foundation that i've experienced that maybe you have as well if you haven't i'd encourage you to confess and say jesus I recognize I'm a sinner and I ask you to come in and take control 
and come and fill me with your spirit. And then tell somebody about it. For others of you that maybe you've been struggling in this, maybe you need to move back to step one and say, Jesus, come in. Show me where there are areas in my house where I have not let over to you, that I have not surrendered to you. Because the life of the Christian, there is joy, peace, and fullness. He wants you to have that. That's his will for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for each one listening. Would you, just as they surrender to you, would you pour out your spirit upon them? That, Lord, that we would reflect your love to everyone that is around us in our marriage, in our, in our relationships around the home, into our workplace, into our community, that people would see your love, that we would reflect your love in all that we do. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. God's richest blessing as you experience him. And if you have questions, please contact the church. And uh, we would love to answer those questions for you.